0: verse 18 and through 20 if you are able I, I ask you to stand with me for the reading of these these few verses. we'll read Matthew chapter 28 verse 18 through 20. And then I'm going to read Romans chapter 10, verse 13, then we'll pray. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20 says, and, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye, therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Excuse me. And then uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege that it is to call you Father. Thank you, Lord, for the the singing tonight and the praises that were lifted up in in our hearts tonight, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege that it is to be here in in this place that's been set aside to honor and glorify you and and to study your word. Thank you, Lord, for, for using us and for loving us. And God, for the permanent relationship you have given us that is joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us and your love and mercy. Thank you, Lord, for everything you've done in the past. But God, I especially thank you for what you're doing now and what you're going to do in us and through us in the future. God, I pray that you would help us to keep looking forward and not hanging on into the, into the past, but that we, we would be a, a people that would follow you into the future, that we would serve you today and tomorrow, that we would, uh, Lord, seek the, the forgiveness and repentance for what we've done in the past, but, Lord, that we would serve you in our lives, and our families, and our churches in the future. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done, and God, I pray that you would be honored and glorified tonight. Use this message for your people. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Maybe be seated. Thank you so much. So the title of this message is a missions-minded family. A missions-minded family. The the passage we read in Matthew uh, chapter twenty-eight, very familiar verse, very familiar passage. The Great Commission. I simply just want to uh, remind us that we have a great commission. We have a calling, and when I say we, I don't mean we missionaries. Amen. I don't mean we pastors. Amen. I mean we, Christians, have a great commission. The great commission was given to believers. Men, women, uh, don't have to be pastors, certainly don't have to be missionaries. The great commission was given to each and every one of us. And then the the next verse we we read, the next passage here, uh, Romans chapter 13, probably one of the, arguably one of the, um, most concise verses about salvation in all of Scripture. It just states it very simply. All of the the pieces necessary for salvation are right here. It says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. A lot of things are happening in that verse. But first of all, aren't you glad it says whosoever? I'm glad it says that only the people, I'm glad it doesn't say only the people that are smart can, can call upon the name of the Lord. Amen? As I'd be in a world of hurt. I'm glad it doesn't say only the, the handsome or the tall. I'm a really small guy. I'm really short. I'm glad it doesn't say only the tall or only the rich. A lot of us would be in a world of hurt if it said only the rich. But it doesn't say that. It says whosoever. I'm really grateful that, that that's what it says. It says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's a wonderful, beautiful verse. Because it means that anybody, tall, short, fat, skinny, ugly, pretty, doesn't matter, rich, poor, we can all be saved. But, but, it's not a verse that stands alone. There's context. You see, verse 14 says how. I, I, I love the book of Romans because it's a logical book. It says, it asks a logical question. Verse 14 says, How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? It's a good question. You have to believe in somebody in order to call on him for salvation. And then it continues further deepening this, this query and says, And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? That's a good question. You have to hear about somebody in order to believe in them, in order to call on them. And how shall they hear without a what? Without a preacher. But we're not done yet. Next verse, 15. First part there says, and how shall they preach except they be, what's that word? Sent. Sent. So if you look at this in a reverse order, it starts with the sending. Yes, calling upon the name of the Lord and, and people being saved, that's awesome. We're excited about that, but it doesn't start and end there. Amen? It starts with the sending. And then it, then it goes to the going of the preacher. Okay? And then the preacher preaching, the people hearing, them hearing that glorious message, the word of God, it producing in their heart faith, and then them believing, acting on that faith, believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, then they call upon the name of the Lord, then they're saved. That's how what it says right here. I didn't write it. I'm not inventing it. That's what it says. It starts with the sending. And let me tell you, the sending is the, through the local church. That's where it happens. My point is if we, we in missions can't do what we do unless you do what you do. The local church. The local church is the one who does the sending. I'd like us to look at a family tonight that had, it, that had it right, that understood this concept. Turn back with me if you would in Matthew chapter four and we're gonna look at three uh, uh, groups of people in a family. I'm talking about a, a biological family. So we're gonna look at, at, at two sons. We're gonna look at a father And we're going to look at a mother. Okay, that's a family. Don't care what anybody else says, that's a family. Amen? Um, So that's what we're going to look at. We're going to start here in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 21 and 22. It says... This is Jesus traveling. He's he's recruiting his disciples. Verse uh, 21, it says, And going on from thence, he, that's Jesus, saw another two brethren, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in a ship with Zebedee their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Verse 22, look at this. And they immediately left their ship and their father and followed him. Real quick context of what's going on here. You got a dad and his two boys. And they are, they're, this isn't a weekend uh, a father-son trip, okay? They are, they're not out just having fun. This is their livelihood, okay? So tr- father's with me. Kind of work a little bit with me. Think about Mr., Mr. Zebedee here. He is with his sons, James and John, and they're out at their, at their job at their place of, of employment, and they're working. As sons, they are thinking, this is my father, these are his ships, and these are what, this is what I'm going to inherit. If these nets last until I inherit the business, then I will inherit these nets and these ships. <clears throat> and this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a fisherman. So they are there, not only are they they're helping their dad, but they are furthering their future. I'm, I can imagine Mr. Zebedee there working with his sons, just I mean they 're grown men by now. I can imagine he, he might be thinking about, man, one of these days my boys are going to get married, and then they 're going to have little boys, and we 're going to bring them fishing, and You can imagine Mr. Zebedee getting excited about maybe possibly teaching his grand boys how, how, to, how to how to fish and teach them the secrets, the best fishing spots and and and, and, and James and John are there with their dad and and they're building this. And all of a sudden, you've got Jesus comes on the scene. Well, he changes every, everywhere he goes. He changes everything, amen? He comes on the scene and he calls James and John. And imme- the Bible says immediately, they didn't sit and have a family conference. They didn't go see about the savings account or, 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 or decide. The Bible says immediately. They immediately left. Look at what it says. It says immediately they left their father. They left him. They left the ship and their father and followed Jesus. The first group of people we're looking at are the sons, James and John. They had a calling. They had a calling. And they didn't spare any expense when it came to obeying Jesus. When Jesus called them, they just left it all and went. I want to encourage you tonight. If God has placed a calling on your life, you need to obey in faith. Why do I say that? Because a lot of times, Jesus' calling on your life doesn't make earth sense. I mean, it doesn't make sense sometimes. It doesn't, it doesn't calculate. You, you can't. You can't... Uh, 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 calculate it out and, and, and see that it just, yeah, this is a logical thing to do. Sometimes it, it's not. Sometimes it just doesn't make sense. But if God's called you to do that, you need to obey. I remember when I was working in Indiana, God told me I was working, I was a, a quality engineer tech at Fabwell and we were there working and, and uh, God told me it's time. I want you to quit your job and I want you to just go start your deputation and, and go to the field. And I called a pastor and I told him that. And he said, that's foolishness. You don't have the money. You don't have the right vehicle. You have to provide for your family. You can't quit your job. I talked to another pastor, which was my pastor at the time. And he said, what that first pastor told you is absolutely true. However, I do know this. If God told you go, go. You just have to obey. And you know, James and John, they did not know this, but ultimately they followed Jesus to martyrdom. They they did not follow Jesus onto wealth, fame, and riches. They followed Jesus into a hard life. But they followed Jesus immediately. Now let's look at the second. The mom. Matthew chapter 27, Matthew chapter 27, Matthew 27, 55, now we know her name from Mark fifteen 40. I'm not going to read that verse, but what we learn in that verse, Mark uh, 15, 40, is we learn her name, okay? Her name is Salome, but here in this verse, it makes it very clear who she is, Matthew 27, verse 55 and 56, says, and many women were there beholding afar off, which followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering unto him, among which was Mary Magdalene, and Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's children, who are James and John. Okay? So this, this woman is there serving Jesus. So here, here's what happens, okay? Now, I, I'm actually going to step away from the pulpit from this, for this part, purely for, symbol, for symbolic symbolic reason, purely for a symbolic reason. There we go. Um, so I I almost, why? Because this part's not in scripture. You're not going to find this part of the story anywhere in any, in any book of the Bible. Okay. But if you will reason with me for just a second, I think you will agree this happened. Okay. Here we go. So we have Jesus. He comes along and he calls James and John, right? And James and John Bible says they were fishing with their father, Mr. Zebedee. Okay. So Think about now, Jesus, James, and John, they went on down the road, but Mr. Zebedee, he stays there with the boats. I mean, that's where they left him, so he stays where, there with the boats. Eventually, he finishes mending the nets, right? And he uh, gets up, and where, where does he go? He goes home. He goes home. We know from Scripture, there's, there's mom at home. There's, there's a mom at home. There's a wife at home, Miss Salome, Okay so we know she exists because we see her there in scripture so he comes home how do you imagine that conversation went I mean can you imagine Mr. Zebedee comes home honey I'm home brought the fishes or, or the money from the market from the fishes I don't know which he did whether he brought the best fish home or, or I sold them brought money I don't know but hey I'm home Here, here's the take from the day and there's a grown men, right? James and John. So they might have had something else to do. We don't know. The Bible doesn't say. But, but eventually, Miss Salome notices that James and John aren't home. So eventually, right, moms? Even though they're grown men, Miss Salome's going to say, where are my boys? Right? She's going to say, where's James and John? Okay? Mr. Zebedee says, oh, um... Well, we were mending the nets and a a master, a a teacher, Jesus came by and he said, follow me to James and John. And without so much as a word, they followed him. She says, where did they go? I don't know. What are they going to do? I don't know. How long are they going to be gone? I don't know. Well, how come you didn't ask him? I didn't think to. I mean, something like that's how the conversation went, right? So all we know, all we know is that she's at home. Mr. Zebedee is with her boys. God calls them. And then, the next time we see her, for sure, now this is Bible, she's serving Jesus, okay? So, back at home, she says, okay, goes into the kitchen, she grabs her a basket, and she starts putting provisions in it, and and he says, what are you doing? I'm going to go find my boys, I'm going to see where they are, what they're doing, and how long they're going to be there. We don't know if she was mad. We don't know if if she was glad. We don't know because the Bible doesn't say, but I can imagine her being a little hot under the collar. She's grabbing these stuff, and she's going off to see her boys, and when she gets there, she sees a, a whole group of people, and, and she can't get near to Jesus to ask him why he's called her boys, and what they're doing, and, and, and all the questions she has on her heart. So, But but in that time, she hears him preach. She hears him teaching, and, she, and And she, we know from later on in scripture, we know that her heart is changed by the teaching of Jesus. Because now we see in in, in Matthew 27, she is serving Jesus. So now it's not from a get my boys and take them home. She is there staying with Jesus. She didn't have a calling. The boys had a calling. Miss Salome, she had a desire. She saw a need and she got up and went and did it. She, she saw that Jesus needed somebody to come and minister to them in that way. Now, what that meant was she was providing the needs of everyday life. For example, food. What do you imagine that she could bring to the table of, uh, of food? What do you imagine? Fish. She brought fish from home to serve Jesus and the disciples. Now, now Miss Salome gets a lot of flack for this, but I want you to see Matthew 20.20. 20. Matthew 20.20 20 is, is a, a beautiful passage. Matthew 20.20 20 is when Miss Salome comes to Jesus. Matthew 20.20 20 says, Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons, worshiping him. And you don't desire, you don't worship a teacher. You don't worship a teacher. You worship the Messiah. This woman knows who Jesus is. We also know that by what she asked of him, okay? She's worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. And he, Jesus, said unto her, what wilt thou? A few times in scripture, God gives a spiritual blank check. This is one of them. He says, what do you want? What wilt thou? And she saith unto him, grant that these my two sons may sit the one on the right hand and the other on the left in thy kingdom. She knows he's the Messiah. Now the conversation continues there, but I want you to focus there on her request. If you look at the base, if you look at at, at what exactly she was desiring of her children, can find a very important lesson. Ultimately, what she wanted was for her kids, her greatest desire. When God said, when Jesus Christ, the Messiah, said to her, what do you want? Ask. Her greatest desire was for her kids to be as close to Jesus as possible. Wow. Wow. What is your greatest, your loftiest ambition for your kids? What is it? Is it that they have that degree? That they have that job? That they have that house, that car, that husband, that wife? That you fill in the blank? I hope not. Because the Bible says to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Life and peace. That's what everybody wants. That's what everybody on the face of this world wants is life and peace. But all too often, even us Christians seek it in the carnal things. The Pharisees were a great example of this. They thought they were being spiritual, but they served God in all of the carnal things of the religion, in the dressing and of the speaking and of the and of the talking, and, 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 of, and of the doing, and, and of, of the haircut, and of the praying, and of the giving. They did all of those carnal things, but the Bible says their heart was far from them. The spiritual things. We need to be careful as Christians that our greatest desires, our greatest ambitions for us, for our kids, for our family, for our church is not earthly success, but to be close to Jesus Christ. I think of some of the greatest uh, ambitions that that parents could have for their kids. Wouldn't it be awesome if your kid was the next Babe Ruth? I'm talking in in level of fame and of accomplishment. I mean, Babe Ruth, wow. To go down in history as somebody like that, wow. And for you to say, I am the parent, I am the father, the mother of Babe Ruth, wow. But, If Babe Ruth doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ as his personal Savior, he's going to open his eyes in eternity and want to go into heaven and he's going to get, depart from me, I never knew you. And he's going to go, but I'm Babe Ruth, I'm a big deal. And Jesus is going to go, people have come to me and said, I cast out demons, I preached in your name, I did this, I did that. And I said to them, depart from me, I never knew you. You big deal on earth is not a big deal here. But if your child was a garbage collector, not going to go down in history being a garbage collector, are you? Not not likely, anyway. But it was close to Jesus Christ. And your son or daughter, the garbage collector, comes to the pearly white gates and God says, Enter my child. Well done, that good and faithful servant. Wow, what more of an accomplishment. But a lot of times, that's just not enough for us. We we want some earthly success. Miss Salome had the right priorities for her kids. She wanted her kids to be close to Jesus Christ. That was her great ambition for her boys. That's what our great ambition is for ours. I don't know if God's going to call Noah to be a missionary pilot. If he wants to, I'll teach him everything I know. It won't take long, but I'll teach him. And then and then God can use him. But, but if God calls him to be something else, praise God so long as he's close to Jesus. That needs to be number one. Now let's go back and see Mr. Zebedee. I haven't forgotten about him. Where did we leave Mr. Zebedee? We left him back at home, right? We left him back at home, and, 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 and James and John left him at the boat. Now, very quickly, the point on Mr. Zebedee is very brief. Here's the point. He didn't have a calling, and he didn't have a desire to go and serve Jesus, but he had a commitment. We already said that Miss Salome went and served and ministered unto Jesus because she had a desire, but remember what fishes she used? To do that? Mr. Zebedee's fishes. Somebody had to catch those fishes. They didn't just walk on up to the house of Miss Salome. For her to take them to Jesus. That's not how it happened. Somebody caught those fish. And it took work. And then he had to relinquish them to Miss Salome. So that she could take them over to Jesus. James and John and the other disciples. All these big strapping men that ate a lot. And that, she, that's what she was doing. She was ministering to Jesus. With the fishes from Mr. Zebedee. You know, Mr. Zebedee was a part of the sending. Mr. Zebedee was an important part of people hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus needed to eat fish. The disciples needed to eat something. And Mr. Zebedee was a part of that. I want to stress to you, there are many, many people that support us that are Zebedees. That God is using in a great and mighty way behind the scenes that they're just faithful at going to their job day in, day out earning that paycheck and sending to the mission field supporting their church supporting their pastor I'm talking financially I'm talking about money I am and they are they are bearing that burden like Mr. Zebedee did sending allowing Miss Salome to take that money or that fish to support the ministry of Jesus there are Zebedees today. You can be a Zebedee. Now, Now hold on. If God's given you a calling, you can't be a Zebedee. You need to go be a James and John and preach. Now, if you're that person that has a desire in your heart to serve God, you need to walk over to that building after church here in just a little bit, and you need to sign up for something like Salome would. And you need to serve in your local church because you have a desire to serve. And if you're a Zebedee and you have that job where you make great big bucks, awesome. Praise the Lord. You go make those great big bucks. You be that faithful father or mother and you support your local church and you support other missionaries and you be that faithful Zebedee because that is part of sending. Remember Romans, it starts with the sending, The preachers can't go. The preaching can't be had. The people uh, uh, won't hear, and they won't believe, and they won't call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ unless the sending happens first. It's just Bible. So there is a place in this equation for you, whether it be a, a James and John with a calling, whether it be a Salome with a desire, or whether it be a Zebedee with a commitment. And I pray, it is my prayer, my desire, that you would know what place that is, and that you would faithfully serve, and that you would faithfully complete that place that God has prepared for you to serve. There is nobody that God says, no, I don't need you. That doesn't exist. God doesn't say that. There is a place for each and every one of us to serve. It just takes you to obey. And it might take faith. It might not make sense. But it is that simple. Let's pray. Lord God, we love you. We thank you that with all of our frailties and and failures and, and lack of ability sometimes, you use us.